Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. This is a special live edition at the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we are proud to have just seen the world premiere of Summoned. And we have a large cast and crew gathering. But first, uh, I am your host, Eric Lee, as always. And with me is... Mike Campbell. And from our Summoned crew, we have... I am Mark Meyer. I'm the director. Also have a little part in there. I'm Angela Gullner, producer and actress. Are you going to hold the mic? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Yuri Baranowski. I'm the writer and one of the producers. And I'm Dashiell Reinhardt. I'm the editor and also one of the producers. And I am Justin Morrison, and I am the cinematographer. Okay, so this is we, this is the morning after. <laughs> and yeah, if we're uh, slow to respond. That's why <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah. Uh, we are in New Orleans, for yes. the record. Right. Yeah. And and I, what I'd love to do is have you introduce what uh, what this film is and uh, how, how much how much meat it took out of you to do this thing. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Um, I do love our our tagline here about like two celebrity couples. I say we say that, but it's like one of the one of the people is not a celebrity, um, right. and they're they're going to a self help retreat. Um, so that's a nice setup for it. Um, and that's just more than meets the eye. I don't want right. to give away too much. Right. Sure, I don't sure. want to yeah, have yeah, any yeah. spoilers. Um, and as far as what it took out of me, everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we started working on this August of 2021. Uh, 2020. Thank you. What What is time anymore? Right, right, right. right. Um, so, yeah. It, and then we shot in February of 2021. And why don't you describe the conditions? Because this you had... Uh, like if they could have hit you with more problems uh, well, the, out of your control. Something slightly worse than an actual pandemic. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, there is the, we were pre-vaccine pandemic. And then shooting in Texas, which is my home state, mm -hmm. uh, right on the border of Texas and Oklahoma. And it just so happens that the worst winter storm in Texas history, at least in the last century, hits Texas, knocks out the entire power grid. So right. we're literally without power, without heat. Uh, we're you know isolated from our actors. Um, we're the lake we're on is right. freezing over. That's never happened before. <laughs> right. It was just it, we had one moment where we were using a generator to yeah. power a microwave yeah. to cook food. Yeah. The, the, the entire Texas grid went down. Absolutely, it was insane. We have stories from people who their uh, their whole house flooded uh, because the sprinkler system broke because they froze, and then right. the floor flooded. Right, right. And it was just just <laughs> chaos. And well, there was well. Probably get we to want to give a shout-out to Greg Abbott, though, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. We, we won't give a shout-out. Uh. He doesn't get a shout-out. Sorry. <laughs> um, but there, I think one of the, the scenes that looked like, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead of schedule here, but there's a hot tub sequence. <laughs> and, and as soon as you you had told us last night at the, at the Q&A that you had to actually take to chip the ice out of the tub. Well, and it, I think <laughs> Angela had to go into that <laughs> t tub. So it was like 53 yes. degrees. It was very, it was very hot in the tub and very cold outside. Yeah. And a very confusing physical experience. Yeah. <laughs> I had thought that you would film this somewhere considerably farther north than Texas when when I saw this because it was yeah I kept, the, the, yeah, I kept thinking Connecticut, New England, upstate New York, Canada. Yeah. 
not Texas. That did yeah. not, that never registered. And then when the credits started rolling, I saw Texas and, yeah, that was something of a disconnect. Yeah, but, the, but this was, I mean, when, when you're doing the location scouting on this thing, you don't, you don't plan for that. I want to like hand this over to Dash because Dash actually found this location for us, yeah. and I, I should say I'm originally from that area of the country, so okay. I, that okay. was like a little yep. bit familiar with it. But Dash found this location. Yeah, I mean, even what you're talking about with it, like not quite looking like it was in Texas, like mm -hmm. having that sort of interesting terrain, I think really helps the film to just be like something's a little like off-putting, and that's sort of like. We knew that we wanted to film in Texas. We knew that we were probably going to film close to Sherman because that's where Mark is from. Right. And so as I was just kind of like looking around for places. We were probably like originally, this was like way early on, putting together this pitch deck to be like, we want to just find something that's going to kind of show what the movie is going to be like. So we found this amazing house that I just randomly found that was like right on Lake Denison or uh, Lake Texoma in Denison. Is it an actual house? Yes, it's an wow. actual place. <laughs> yeah. That is just like, I only know how to describe it as this sort of like log cabin castle. Yeah. Yep. 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 And it's sort of this perfect blend of like something that feels like it could be old, but it is also modern. Right. right. And just kind of like hits that sort of off putting, like, what is going on with this place? Uh, and it was just like an incredible find. And I was like, literally just put this together, like, oh, this is an interesting place. Let's just use this to show like maybe where we could shoot. Right. And I was like, wouldn't it be nice if we could film like something like this? And Mark and Angela go and find the person that owns this house, walk in with this pitch deck, and we're like, like hey, we've got a movie that we were thinking about making. And by the way, your house is already in it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, so, like, so speaking of the filming, though, uh, the, the opening scene I was really intrigued by. I really, really liked the opening scene uh, for a couple reasons. One, the drone footage was incredible, and I have a feeling that's probably you all. Mm -hmm. uh, but two, I, I thought it was really amazing that there's this whole dialogue between Lynn and Elijah, and you don't actually see them for quite some time. And this is this great dialogue, and all in the back of your mind, you're going, who, like, who are these people? And it had a real sort of like 70s vibe. But then, of course, when Elijah comes on, I immediately said, oh, my God, that's, that's the guy from Everybody Wants Him. I know it's that guy. <laughs> and I turned to, and I was like, I turned to uh, uh, Liz, our podcasting partner, and I said, that, that's the guy from Everybody Wants Him. I know it is. I just, I know it. Turns out it. It actually is. So Dale yeah. is the guy from Everybody Wants Him. So my question is twofold. What was the inspiration for sort of that opening shot and that dialogue? And then secondly, how did you get the guy? And was there any, was there any Richard Linkletter connection to, uh, to, to Dale from Everybody Wants Him? And his name is not Dale, by the way. I'll, I'll start with uh, the yeah. connection to Q, who yeah. is just fantastic. Um, Q is like, it's like when you find something and you're like, oh, that's, ex I didn't even know I wanted that. I, <laughs> right, you're right. like, oh, yes, please. Um, I actually have quite a few friends who were on Everybody Wants Some because mm. uh, I am a, like an Austin. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I went to school there. I lived there for a number of years. But that's oddly not how I came to meet Q. Okay. Um, we had an actor who was cast in the film who ended up, he uh, had a baby and then he had to take a gig directing for Juilliard. And right, we were right. like, ah, oh, we lost our, <laughs> yeah, we lost our lead. Uh, okay, what do we do? Yeah. A friend of mine is the associate director on Hamilton, a little musical you might yep, have heard of. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. And so I call him up. I was like, do you have any young black actors who have amazing voices? Right, and right. He's like, here's, here's yeah. two. And we were like, and we talked to Q and we we're just like, oh, this guy, yep. he's incredible. So we're so lucky to have him. And yep. I, 
when you see the film, you'll, you'll He's get got to some see, pipes. You'll get to see just exactly how incredibly musically talented he is. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. I remember our initial conversation when he was talking about playing music, and he's like, yeah, and then I picked up the oboe, and then there's something else, another <laughs> instrument. I'm like, yeah. how many instruments do you play? He's like, I think like five. Like five, six. Yeah, right. I was like, you don't even know how many you play because you <laughs> right, play right. that many. Right, so, right. And this was a live recording that you that you did on, out there. Yeah, on set, which was some. stunning. And he's, you know, he's playing the guitar, and he's belting out this incredible tune. That you, now, who's the who is the writer for the for the song? Emma Fitzpatrick, who you okay. might know from Take Back the Night, which I love. Oh my gosh, yeah. she's incredible! A at thingy it. thingy award nominee, Emma Fitzpatrick. Stay tuned for uh, a recording soon to announce the winners there, uh, and maybe we may have a ballot stuffing exercise coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah. this was, Emma. Yeah, that that uh, and actually Angela also. Were you the, you played? Were you the sister I'm in sister. in yep. yes in, in Take Back the Night? A movie that I highly recommend that was playing at last year's film festival circuit. We're just getting kicked off with Summoned. We'll get better. You know, and sure. are you guys going to be working the, the the festival circuit with this one, or how, how quickly? I th- to, uh, think this is going to be our only festival. Okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, we, we're going to go uh, abroad, but sure. for our domestic, like mm-hmm. we're going to get this movie out there soon, so you're okay. going to be able to see it soon. Sweet. All right. So yeah, probably by the time maybe if if we're lucky, by the time we actually get this on the air. You'll be able to find a streaming thing. I or think a couple July. Of months? Yeah. There you Ooh, go. Okay. Well, we got to get on yeah. it then. All right. Yeah. Hustle up, guys. Come on. <laughs> okay. So I, I, we we took a little bit of a pause Sorry, talking yes. about. Let, let's talk. Go get back to the the movie. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think we left off with the couple the the couples therapy retreat. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you were talking about the opening. Right. As far as why we made that decision and yeah. Dashlin and I like, I mean. The editing process, we, you sit there and you struggle with things. You, you're like, does this work better than this? And so we, we had a lot of footage inside the car, but every time we did it, it was we were going back and forth between it. It was like, oh, this doesn't feel like the, that ominous tone that we want going into the place. Um, I think you kind of, you really said it. It's like, oh, and then you're like, oh, and then when you see the characters, like, there's that moment of like, oh, that's who they are. Right, you know, right, right, right. We've already invested mm-hmm. a little bit in it by hearing them. Yep. So we have this like, um, but Dasha, you want to talk about it a little bit too? Yeah, I mean, I think to me it really is just kind of about like there's two things happening. You're kind of like setting the tone that they're just they're way out there, right? You know? Right, right, right. You're just like really out in the boonies. We don't quite know where they're going. Like it's just like it's a long trek. The other thing is just like really kind of picking up on some of the tension in their yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you're just kind of like hearing like some of the plot set up, but it's really more just about hearing like there's that slight kind of like bickering tone in their conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't quite know who these people are yet or yep. like what mm-hmm. they're doing, but you just like you're getting this little bit of like creeping, ominous feeling coming in, which is really what we were trying to convey. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then yeah. Mark, you actually got to play the the, the, the the actual embodiment of the creepy, ominous yeah. on the roadside, yeah. the, the, on the, the, the abandoned truck on the side of the road, right? That was the, a, the, a director, the Hitchcock plug. Yeah. yeah. Which I got to say, Mark, I really freaking love how you play that. Like, it's just like, you, I don't think you ever blink, and it's just like completely staring you down, and it's just like that one moment where he's just like, cool, cool. Like, yeah. I freaking love that. No, it was, uh, I, I think that was uh, born out of necessity. Uh, yeah. When you're mm-hmm. shooting during the, the pandemic, you right. like as few people on set as possible. And I'm right, like, right. yeah, I have some acting training. I could do yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, it was, it was really fun to do. Um, and also it's the, the idea of like, you're in the scene and then you're like, oh, act better, Mark. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Do a better job. Yeah. And uh, okay, so then, then progressing with, the, there's, there's, there's an artistic, you you also greeted with some 
some paintings and uh, and they that, that evolved through the movie. Yes, uh, that's one of my favorite things in the movie, actually, um, and how that came about. I kind of want to pass yeah. it over to Yuri and yeah. Dashiell for the paintings because uh, when that started to evolve, I was like, oh, this is a really fascinating way of, yeah. of tracking yeah. in the yeah. movie. They're yeah, because the paintings start off, they look like uh, a very... Minimal. Uh, very minimal. They look like a Picasso, but then they quickly move to like a H.R. Giger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They take on a, a darker tone. Right. It's like, I don't know how much we want to reveal, but it's like sure. when some things are accomplished, the yes. things change. Yep, yep. And it was cool for, to ask the artist to be like, okay, first he did the completed versions, and we were like, now make the incomplete, like, Picasso version. Right, right, right. Would like, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was... To write this was interesting because we're in one location and, and we have such a tiny crew and we have such a small cast. It was like, what are the fun elements we could stuff into here to yeah, like yeah, really yeah. make it a richer story? Right. So art was one thing we tried to use. The location yeah. was one thing we tried to use. And we got this amazing artist that Dash will know, yeah. so we, you should talk about. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, just to, to sort of add on to this, I think just as a frame of reference, there are some definite seven deadly sins layers yes. on this. Yes. And so they're, they're sort of representations um, through the film, without it doesn't really spoil anything. To, 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 there's, there's, there are some temptations in play, and that that play a major element, and and you get to see the development of both the characters and the art sort of simultaneously as they as, as it's happening, which is a very uh, interesting take to watch. How how and the, the, you know describing you described this for me last night about some of the reveals, and it's like that's cool that 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 the, that you get the the. The character embodiment and the artist. Were there any other things that you were that I didn't pick up on that were sort of <laughs> that were that, that were in play I, for that? I would say that like if you the movie is really fun to rewatch because there's a lot of things that the actors do that if you don't like once you know their motivations right. after you see the movie mm -hmm. you catch it throughout all of it. There's little hidden gems throughout, little looks they give each other and things that like the like, elevator is a metaphorical. It's a classic yeah. Descent metaphor. to sure, hell, yeah. maybe? Also, then when they were like, by the way, this house is an elevator, I'm like, oh, I'm riding oh. the elevator into every seat. You know, like, yeah. We're like, we're using that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually think the, the movie is really fun in a rewatch. It's, yeah. it's a, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's talk... Yeah, just mention the artist. Yeah, really, I'd so to quickly give Gordon Stotts a shout-out because he's the artist behind those paintings, and he did an amazing job. I mean, he's wildly Jeff talented. Gordon. Yeah. yeah. What, sorry? Uh, I said, good job, Gordon. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like, he just, he did such an amazing job on it. What it really was interesting to kind of find that, mm -hmm. like, what's the, like, seed state and, like, how mm -hmm. do they transform? What do they become? And, like, yeah, I mean, he really just blew us away with what right. he did. And there's such a huge piece of the film. Like, I just love how they turned out. So, yeah. awesome job, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that the, one of the nice things about actually watching this movie as it, there, there were there were twists upon twists coming coming to the close. It, it did not, as as it was being set up, it did not make the turns that I was expecting it to, which is always great. Oh, I'm so, yeah. glad. so you know, and it was like, and even even when there that you thought you had a settled ending, there's a there's another layer on it. You built upon your layers, and that was so so. The, yeah, spoil, the, spoiler spoiler alert. We thought there was one twist, but there's like, yeah. like depending that's, that's on the count, yeah. there's like four or five. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah the, I think. It's the, the, the third act payoff, I think, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it has a bit of a kind of a slow character builder, yeah. and you need to establish sort of why they're in therapy and yeah, you know, the, yeah. the, the initial premise. But once you, and, and, and I was like, okay, so is this, you know, trying, trying to figure out how, how the, the, you could see the sins happening, you could, the, there's the temptations on the table, yeah. how does it pay off? And then, you, and then it's like, loop, loop, loop. 
and then with the with with the fun clothes. I think that again goes back to the rewatchability of it, though. Because yeah. yeah. whenever you're talking about the the actors and the choices they make, Dashiell and I had these moments where we're like, "Oh no, 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 no that take right there." because that's going to pay off later. If you're going to watch this and you're going to be like, you're invested in this character in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we are, we are live. Recruiting, we're, yeah. Live, yeah. Yeah. live from a food court. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast first. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Well. But no, the rewatchability of it. And like, and I, I mean, Dash and I are sitting there watching it for the, I don't know, 10,000th time, and we're like, Oh my gosh! Did you notice that before? I'm like, yeah. yeah, but I forgot about it. That's really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, when you're when you were hit with as many things as you were hit for this, did how much on the fly adjustments did you do, plot wise or character wise? How much improv was involved with uh, with the story by by the by the time you finished up? I'm gonna let Yuri handle that because I know we were frantically calling him some days, and being like, we can't actually get more than a hundred yards away from the house. Can you? Fix this for us. <laughs> like physically, we, yeah. we are snowed in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like all movies, it takes it like forms constantly. It's like uh, ever moving. Um, we were originally going to shoot in November. That was one script, and then we delayed, uh, and we were, and I'm so glad because then you know the, the second the script we ended up shooting was far better. And then when did we get hit with the storm? It was like, and, and it was like a week into the shoot, right? Like a week and a half. Yeah, and that's when it was like, okay, we we got to figure some things out, cut some things, and um, and so they were like, yeah, you know, first I was getting texts like, oh my god, this is insane, uh, and like, how can you fix this? How can we change? We're gonna, and but I think it made the movie better. It was it was nice because I was home, I wasn't on set. I have a, I had a very small child at the time, so right, right, right. So I was like at home base, and they were like, okay, can you fix this in the next hour? I'm like, yes, on it. You know, I'd be sending them pages, um, but it kind of made it. I, I know it's like theater. I don't know. There's like an energy to the movie that I think comes from all of this, these things happening. And I think it made it better. I think the script we ended up shooting was better than... Well, the and I, I think it's a testament also to the, the fine actors in yes. the film, which we 100%. haven't really touched on yet, because there was, I mean, honest to God, there was no weak link amongst yeah. the entire... It, granted, it's five people, right? Uh, but there was, no, there was not a single weak link, and all of the characters were each and of themselves really wonderful and really well-defined. So you talk a little bit about uh, uh, each of the characters and kind of how they came about and who they were and where you drew uh, maybe some inspiration from. Um, So I knew, first of all, that Angela was going to be in it. And I've worked with Angela a ton. um, So I know her voice and I know, like, the comedy she could do. Right. So I immediately was like, I'm going to write her the craziest. And it is is (laughs) super comedic. The movie star. I'm going to push her to the craziest place uh and then i know emma who who we also knew was going to be in it and i've also worked with her so like i wanted to make her a musician i know she's an amazing musician i also know like her style of of acting and so so i kind of like picture them immediately um god otherwise i'm trying to remember the motivations i think it all just evolved you know it was yeah, just yeah. like we need the outsider we need the the like what is the elon musk businessman and why would right. he have done it um, right a lot of it kind of is like generational wealth. So, like, what does that do to these people, and how, where do they come from? So, did you ever have the the temptation, speaking of temptations, <laughs> yes. to to have, to try and represent? Because part of me was thinking, okay, so looking for sloth and gluttony, and you know, and and, and but the it would have been like, a seven-hour like, movie. It would have been a little bit on the nose. <laughs> yes. In fact, I really wanted to stay away from the seven sins. Yeah. Right. So right. I use like the three sins that yeah. kind of encompass all the other ones. Sure. Um, Can I say something about please. That? Yeah. I, as like a 
former Catholic, just I'm like, when you wrote that in there, I was like, oh, that's not the, th- those aren't the sins. And then, right. like, then I see the, the Bible verse and I'm like, yeah. I got to go back and look this up. But I was like, he got this wrong. <laughs> and I look it up, I'm like, oh no, that's right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really nice though, like you said, There's to stay really away from the seven. There's seven. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, this, this will. This will take them all down. But yeah. these but are the sins for the digital age. We've, yes. we've, there you come, go. we've yeah. collapsed them. But going back to the characters, though, yeah. like I mean, you it was such a nice moment when we had a table read and we're like, oh, and we heard all these voices coming mm-hmm. from these actors. And like I, I'm very biased towards Angela. She's my fiance <laughs> as well. Which is, uh, um, she just did an amazing job. I mean, everybody did, but. Uh, it was fun to see them all play in their lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that, yeah. again, goes back to the rewatchability of it. Whenever you see them playing in their lane, you're like, oh, they're just enjoying the hell out of their their character. So how many for how many of you was this your first major feature production? Because I know for this was uh, on IMDb, if, I'm, if IMDb is correct, and it's yeah, mostly correct, um, <laughs> it, it, this was your uh, featured uh, directorial de- directorial debut, right? That's correct. And now I know. So and you were in uh, uh, Take Back the Night, but for the the rest of you, had, have, have you been? What's your experiences with with film production? So the three of us run a company called Happy Little Guillotine Studios. Love right. the love yeah. the, 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 the logo. The yeah, very awesome. extra logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Siri's daughter giggling. Oh yeah, that's my yes. daughter's yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've been in business for since 2010 officially. All right. Um, okay. And we started in, in digital. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, since for the digital, <laughs> digital age. Um, so we started in digital and we've done series mostly. So we did like mm-hmm. two seasons of a show on Hulu. We did you know so so we were sort of in that space. Um, the very first thing we ever shot was a movie, but no one ever saw it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so we were really living in kind of a more series, scripted series space, and then we moved. We like when this came to, we we're like, mm-hmm. oh, we really want to make a movie. Actually, we haven't done really done that. Mm-hmm. So we have production, a ton of production experience, mm-hmm. but not here. But it sort of lent our experience lent itself to this kind of filming, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. we're our expertise is making things look amazing on a smaller budget. Right. And this was that with yep. all the restrictions. So. I'll let, I'll let you, Justin, talk, too. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Say some stuff. Oh, I'll say some you stuff. Made <laughs> I've made... You in Africa? Oh, right. Uh, what? I forgot. I was trying to think about it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I shot a uh, feature doc in Kenya. I was there for about three, two and a half, three months. Off oh, and wow. Between three different trips. Um, What's it called, Justin? Oh, that, that movie is called Mully. M-U-L-L-Y. It's it is about, not a horror film? It's Well, there's some scary moments okay, in okay. it. We shot some reenactment scenes. We're yeah. shooting in the slums of Kenya and then out in the... the thick of it it was it was an experience uh but you know that movie is about a guy who uh grew up as um like living on the street as a child and then just like through his own workings like raised some money bought a car did a taxi service bought another car made a taxi fleet got into selling oil became a multimillionaire, and now he has adopted over ten thousand children they all call him dad and he's put him through school he's actually made a school because the schools wouldn't take these kids in so he's like i'll make a school and so yeah it's pretty cool mully um, and then I shot it. I guess this was more of a suspense thriller horror movie called uh, Junkie, mm-hmm. uh, directed by uh, Tim Russ. Okay. If oh, from uh, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. yeah, I, yeah a friend of mine asked me to do it. I was like, maybe. And he's like, it's directed by Tim Russ. I'm like, Tuvok. Yes, I'm there. <laughs> um, so that was a fun movie. Shot yeah. that up in Sacramento. Nerd alert. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think he also has the record for most roles in Star Trek, like playing different people. I'm oh, just, really? I'm just going to say, so huh. I'm putting that out there. Yeah. Anyway. That's my story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to 
want to say one thing about Justin. So when the storm came and we couldn't shoot for probably, was it like seven days? We were paused? Yeah, definitely paused for like a good Yeah, at and least. We started doing like little pickups. Yeah. So we, yeah, so we were, you know, shut, shut down the storm. Everyone just, you know, you can go play in the snow, but stay in pairs and please don't get lost. (laughs) That's like what we told the crew. Well, but Um, it was a good bit of running in the woods too, but you said you're a hundred, hundred yards distance. So did you have to repeat the run back and forth in, in like shuttles? It's like, okay, now back again. But like. Like, so while, you know, the three of, well, Yuri was doing rewrites and Dashiell and Mark and I were trying to figure out how we're going to make the schedule work. Justin was in his room planning shots and Mm -hmm. using pillows as actors and like (laughs) coming up with creative ways because we were losing time and we had, we had a lot of pages left. And so, I don't know, I was just really impressed with his ability to. Real quick, I just wanted to just add to what Angela just said. Yeah, there was a great moment where, uh. Uh, Dashiell, his room, he had to go through my room to get his, to get to his room. And he comes in one night, and I'm there holding my, my iPhone, my phone, and I have a pillow standing up tall with goggles on it and a hat. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, like, using my phone to, like, do these, like, okay, if it starts sideways, and then we rotate around, and come in, and I'm doing practice. He walks in, and he's just like, You're off the did, I, You're did I come in at the wrong moment? Like, <laughs> yeah. As we walk in, it's like three o'clock in the morning, maybe. Like everyone else is out partying, and Justin is there planning shots with just this pillow with goggles on it. And I was like, "Just ask one of us to be a stand-in." And he's like, "Well, you guys were all having fun. I just wanted to plan the shot." Uh, that's great. So uh, one of the, one of the other things that really floored me was towards the latter part of the film. There's a great soundtrack that kind of works its way through the whole film, but the latter part of the film, really the sort of the the final act. It amps up, and it's got this great, again, kind of uh, really sort of uh, kind of 1970s, you know, Bernard Herrmann, Lalo Schifrin kind of uh, orchestral quality about it, which was almost a little jarring, uh, to be frank, but it was great, really compelling. So where where did that come from? Who was responsible for I'll that? I'll talk about your relationship with Brian, how you found him. But yeah, this so Brian Satterwhite was our composer, and yep. I am just so blown away by what he did. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. honestly elevated the film by like, I don't know, you can't really put this into numbers, but sure, I sure. gave it like a 40%. Like it, right, I right. liked what we had before, and I played with a lot of temp score from like Midsommar and Get Out and, yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. But like putting his score in there, he described it kind of in his early, and he's so brilliant and just like hearing his descriptions of what he th- thought he put into this was just like so enlightening yeah um, but he described it kind of this like dark carnival theme right and there's yeah. these moments where it just hits so perfectly like especially with frost yeah yeah, uh, yeah. that i just love to death yeah um yeah it's great Real stuff. wildly talented person we can't say enough about him. <laughs> i mean like really like we could just sit here and gush over him i met him over a decade ago for a, a small indie that went to south by i was an actor in called artois the goat uh, shout out to Kyle and Cliff Bogart on that one, but and I, I've just you know kept in contact with him, and we reached out to him, and to say he's like he's like a professor uh, when he gives you his notes on as far as what he's doing, and when he brought back his first little treatment for Frost, mm-hmm. and we, we were just like, oh, there's this there's this fairy tale quality that's coming yeah. in it, and it was just like, and I was like, please do more of that. He's like, I was going to. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to shut up now and let you do your job because this is amazing. It's a luxury yeah. to have a great composer on, on for, uh, and and because of the the residual rights on trying to actually get music from somebody else to have someone who's going to actually do it for you. I, I everybody 
everybody use Brian Satterwhite. If you can. <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go, Brian. So, you got work coming your way. Yeah, the, the, to our our filmmaking uh, friends out there, there's a there's yes. a there's a, a name drop for you. Yep. So, uh, what's I, I guess you, you mentioned that we're going to be trying to get this thing out out soon. Do you have plans? Uh, are you guys working together for anything coming up? What's what well, else do you on the note of it coming out soon? I I, I can say that uh, X Y Z is uh, acquiring the oh, film. Oh, all right. They'll Very be releasing nice. it. Congratulations! In July 7th. Yeah. yeah so I, you heard it here first, kind of thing. Right. <laughs> world well, and, world premiere yeah. and up to XYZ, the up yeah, to the minute news. It. Well, yeah. yeah, and I think this is uh, this may be. I don't know how many uh, how many press interviews you've done, but it's like <laughs> I don't know if we've got we got the lead scoop on this for for little old scariest things. We're happy to make that announcement for y'all. Um, this was a you know it's it's it. The, I often say that that film festivals is what scariest things leans on, as far as being able to, you know, what how we build our reputation. It's from uh, independent filmmakers doing it on their own, uh, finding finding every little tool in their kit to get to get the coolest thing they can get out there for us, you know, and, and being able just to talk with you guys. This is this is the kind of stuff that, um, you know, I think our our fans really appreciate because it's. It's uh, you know the, the the small communities within horror sort of banding together to try and you know uh, to bring out more more fun stuff and and always wanting to promote stuff like what you guys do. Thank so. you. I mean, we were so appreciative. Yeah, no, there is more stuff in the works too. So like, oh, good. I, I want to hand it over to Angela. She's got a. Oh sure. Do you, do you want to talk about the building? At all? Oh sure. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, it gearing up to make my directorial debut. Well, congratulations! <laughs> hey now, um, with a in the horror genre with a story about uh, three generations of women going through um, different uh, life stage challenges. A little, a little Rosemary's Baby, a little Relic, a little. Wow, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It sounds yeah. like sounds like Relic. Yeah, yeah. So. There's there's some definite. Uh, Nods to that great film. So, are you love. going to be all, uh, uh, directing and acting in it, or no? But okay. but Emma Fitzpatrick will be acting. Oh, in it. Well, there very you nice. Go. Very nice. <laughs> so, looking forward to that. So, so yeah, are you in pre-production on that, or what's um, the? We're yeah, we're we're hoping to shoot later this year. Okay. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if if all of the pieces. Hopefully, the together. hopefully the monkeypox <laughs> doesn't uh, <laughs> side sideline that. Get it in time for next year's <laughs> Overlook. We'll do this again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There great. you go. And I know HLG's got a lot cooking yeah uh, yeah we have, we have a slate that we're taking out sort of with some horror some comedy um <clears throat> yeah pitching kind of putting together the next thing so okay yeah good good yeah. well before we go the the one question we always ask which is the easiest question but it's also the hardest question all at once what is your favorite horror film you only get one go around the table give us your favorite horror film it can't all be the same horror film or maybe it is i don't know the Exorcist. Oh, there you go. Right. There you go. That's a, I don't know. Do I have to tell why or anything no, like that? No, no, well, like, no. If you want, if you want to justify it, the yeah, Exorcist I, is easy to justify. Exorcist well, kind of sucks. In addition but, to you know. it being an amazing <laughs> movie, I saw it. I told you I grew up Catholic. I saw it <laughs> in a Catholic retreat center. There were crosses everywhere on the wall, and I was like, I can't sleep now. Like, what am I going to do? So, yeah, The Exorcist. Wait, you have to come back to me. This is really hard. Uh. <laughs> I really love comedy horror, so like sure, Ready, sure. I love Ready or Not. I oh, oh yeah. yeah, right here. That was my number one film of that year. That it's was so, I love Ready so or good. Not. It's so watchable. Yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very much with you on that. I think my tastes generally lean towards like the satire or the comedic. Uh, so probably Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, nice. there you go. Okay, that's a good one. Um, definitely Ready or Not. Um, but honestly, I think this might be kind of one of my most favorite movies. So, and it's bordering. It's not quite horror, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I don't think it gets enough love. Uh, we'll horror, Jason. Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, oh, it's got some good suspense. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people talk about it. I yeah. think it's an amazing right. movie. So, right, right, right. Shout it out. That's all. All right, Angela. Uh, this is such an impossible one, but I think because of what I'm working on, I've been watching the Babadook kind of. Over oh, and over, so that's sort yeah. Of, yes. yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Good there call. You go. Yeah. So uh, just be prepared because we like uh, we like to stay connected with our contacts. We are issuing our top 100 horror movies of all time, and we're reeling in all of our contacts because between the five of us who are, are, are make up the scariest things, we're not qualified to do this by ourselves. And so what we're doing is we're aggregating everybody's favorites. We did this four years ago when there were only like, we had like our, you know, our friends and a couple of contacts. But now as we've, we've been doing this for a while, we're getting all of our actors and directors and producers and everybody who's, uh, who, who we've run into to, to legitimize what we've got going here. So Top 100 is coming your way. That's right. Top 100. So once again, thank you so much for the thank team from you. Summoned. Yes. Big congratulations for for uh, birthing world, world the movie premiere. as we were talking about. Well, what's <laughs> it's like everybody talks yeah. about the the, babe, the, oh, the was, having a baby analogy to, <laughs> to making a movie. That's from Ted. He's the best. He he basically says you this baby comes out yeah. and you know most of the time you know, yeah. people don't immediately go. You spent a long time making that baby. <laughs> <laughs> you should have made a better baby. <laughs> Baby's okay. Yeah, and so, a, a shout out to Ted Gagan, who's uh, our our uh, PR buddy, who helped set up these things for uh, the Overlook Film Festival and many others. So, uh, with that, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. you.